0: Welcome back to The Short Game. This is the show where we talk about short video games, the kind of things you can pick up and complete in an evening or a weekend, games that respect your time. I'm your host Reagan Kelly, and I am joined this week, this closing week of 2015 by my co-hosts Laura Nash. How are you doing, Laura?
1: I'm doing great.
0: And Nate, how is the Midwest treating you? Uh, unseasonably warm everywhere. And,
2: yeah, and I am sitting here sweating, but mostly because I just had to make the hardest decisions
0: of my life. It it, it was a squeaker this year, if that's yeah. if that's a term that we can use well, without embarrassment. No, but you've used it
1: so. with embarrassment. Oh, in the embarrassment.
0: <laughs> and of course, I am joined this week, last but not least, by my brother Shane. How are you doing, Shane? I'm doing great. Uh, what is a squeaker? It's uh, <laughs> it's when you gotta when something squeezes by and it's so. It's it's a squeak. There's a squeak squeaking. Anyway, um, no. So we are, this week, gathered together to discuss that hallowed topic that all video game discussion and review format type things have to do by law at the end of the year. And that's the game of the year for our show, for our thing. The Goaties. Yeah, the Goaties, the Shorty Goaties. This is what we determined last year we had to call them. Yes, the Shorty Goaties. So um, I've been looking forward to this because this has been a really interesting year for video games and for short games in particular. We played a lot of really cool stuff this year. Um, last year, we crowned Transistor, which was an awesome game, but it was a controversial pick among some of the short game uh, co-hosts.
1: Hadn't even played it at the time, but yeah. I wasn't actually a co-host, so yeah, you
0: were you were you were honorary at that point, I think, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now you're more than honorary. You're predestined. Um, but this year we uh, we've changed our format for voting just a little bit to include a slightly longer list, but hopefully it won't make for a longer episode because we've got a little bit of a uh, yeah. Laura I see you crossing your fingers there. All I um, if you uh, we,
2: if you made a list of episodes where we say this is going to be shorter, this isn't going to be as long and then like correlated against like our longest episodes, I would imagine that the majority of our longest episodes we mention at some point that it's not going to be very long.
0: Yeah, we're not good at calling them. <laughs> but we are good at ranking them and uh, so we're going to be working our way up the rank this year. The way that we ranked everything this time around was each person picked five games, and we assigned those points. Five is best, one is, you know, also good but lower. And um, we just combined all the lists, and we're going to go from bottom to top. Every game that any of us put in our top five, we're going to briefly mention it, but we're going to focus most on those top three well, Regan, people don't want to know how the sausage gets made. They just want a list of games that they might not have tried that they ought to play. Yeah, and not every one of these is one that we've talked about on the show or done an episode on. Uh, most of them have at least been mentioned, but actually there's quite a few on this list that we didn't have full episodes on. So um, that for whatever reason, we just haven't gotten around to uh, recording about or didn't have enough people playing it or what have you. So anyway, um, everybody ready to go?
1: We we don't know what the list is, so we're yeah, the ones we who are Yeah, don't know what
0: the AC. list is. You're the one that did the tabulations, Mr... All uh, right. Steve Harvey. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Too soon.
1: It won't be by the time this goes out.
0: Game of the year goes to...
1: Miss Philippians.
0: <laughs> miss, miss, <laughs> but... <laughs> miss Philippians. Miss yes. Philippians. No, we're starting yeah. from
2: five going we're up. starting right? from
0: five and going to uh, the top. Well, should we should we start at the very bottom and work our yes. way up? Okay. Yes. So that's, yeah. that's so, the point. In the words of Drake. <laughs> <laughs> so what
2: we've done is we've collected all of these different games, but we're only going to discuss... Uh, the games that ranked in our top five as far as votes received.
0: Yeah, and that's a little tricky. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: actually going to be more than five games because we have some ties. Um, but we just this show would all. You know, it's going to go like four hours if we said every single game that got a vote. So we're just going to st- stick to our top five. Yeah, so actually, Reagan, the,
0: the games that we that ended up getting votes across everybody's top five lists worked out to about eleven games. But starting at The fifth place position, which is tricky because it's actually a three-way tie, are, in no particular order, because same number of points or what have you, uh, Alto's Adventure, Until Dawn, and Ori and the Blind Forest. Mm. Yeah. So, Alto's Adventure, I'm really glad made it on the list, but there was some last-minute shuffling of votes. And this one was pretty high up on my list, actually, when I made my rankings. Um, I put Alto's Adventure at number three, because of all of the games that I played this year, I can't say that I've spent as much time with any of them as I spent with Alto's Adventure, unless one were to allow me to include Destiny or something, on or, or um, The Witcher or The Witcher 3. Are you going to edit into this episode like you edited into Your the Your score? No, not allowed. It's not allowed.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, I no longer have it committed to memory, and I'm ashamed it hasn't gone up by very much since the last time it was discussed on this show. But uh, I just started playing it again on the Apple TV, and uh, it's still totally fun. And God, I love Alta's Adventure. Such a great game. I know it's not really like a short game commendation to say I've spent a lot of time with this game, <laughs> but it, it's. Uh, I think it counts. This is an Endless Runner. If you missed our Endless Runners episode, which was largely organized around uh, Alto's Adventure, plus talking about a bunch of other Endless Runners. If you missed that episode, go back and listen to it. I think it was one of our more fun ones. And the Endless Runner genre, I think, is a genre that gets a lot of um, flack because it, it's mostly crap. You, well, but, but the good ones are great. That's true. Yeah. That, it is mostly crap. But there's so many really good ones too. Yeah. And they get lost in the crap. I mentioned on a, on an episode a couple of days, we, episodes ago, that um, when I went to PlayStation Experience, the game that stood out to me as the most, like, one of my most anticipated games of 2016 uh, is Earth Knight. Which is another endless runner. It's for um, PlayStation, and it looks so rad. Like it's a, it's a genre that's really important to me. When done well, it can be really awesome. I actually just started playing Altos again on the Apple TV that I just got. Uh,
2: it's beautiful on the big screen, and the sound coming through like my soundbar and subwoofer—it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, there's another uh, endless runner out there for Apple TV. The uh, uh, what's that one with the little dudes that? Pop up with the little turn. <laughs> that turnip-
2: describes every endless <laughs> runner. Shake. A bunch more dudes. Um, you know, like you're running. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, but you're flapping. You're, you got little wings. Flappy bird. You're a little fuzzy guy. Wait, tiny wings. Tiny wings. No. Flappy bird. Damn it! Edit all of this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, this is off topic.
0: <laughs> Keeping it way off topic.
1: But I'm super excited that Ori made it because I've been super stressed out this month, and it's been very nice to just kind of swim around as a little light spirit and. Um, I don't know. December stresses me out, and Ori um has the nice mix of super chill and then super intense that I yeah. was really missing.
0: Yeah, I'm totally with you. It it, uh, it actually wasn't on my personal list, but only because a couple of things that I really really loved that that ended up farther down our rankings here than Ori um, kind of edged it out a little bit. But it yeah. it was. I'm so glad we played it before the end of the year because I really feel like it would have been an oversight not to get it into our 2015. Game of the Year list. Ori was not on my list either, but it definitely was six or seven for me. Yeah, it it seems like a really interesting game. Uh, I'm glad Until Dawn made it, uh, even though we haven't done an episode on it. We really need to, guys. I can't wait for it. Listeners, the only reason we haven't done Until Dawn is not because it's not one of the most important short games of the year and totally rad in basically every way. It's mainly because until fairly recently, it was kind of out of the reach of the show. Like we don't get these, we don't get press copies from Sony or anything. And as a sixty dollars game that requires a console that at the time not all of us had, now we all do. Now we all do. Um, it, it just made it a little tricky for us to to coordinate that. I picked it up on sale for uh, Black Friday and I'm still, I haven't yet finished it, but that did not stop me from ranking it really highly on my list. I cannot wait for us to do an episode on it. Yeah. If you like the sort of Telltale style or the Life is Strange style of storytelling, but or if you like horror movies, yeah, or if you like horror movies, like it really, really balances that style with like just straight up, this is teenagers getting killed in the woods and in, in a fun way, you know, like horror movies do.
1: I'm going to have to play before Justin gets home because he will be scared.
0: Oh, no, poor kid. It I it's, know. It's definitely, like, there's some serious jump scares in it, but also, I don't know, like, I it does some stuff that I think were, was really cool. It has this uh, butterfly effect system that they tout and initially sounded kind of like... like Dude, just save it for girl, our episode because yeah. you know we're going to yeah, do one. Yeah, it's a rad game. So if you can pick it up... Um, you don't necessarily need to wait for a sale. Like I bought it day one for 60 bucks and I felt like I was, I got my money's worth, even though it's, you know, it's a short game as, as we've kind of discussed, but it's, uh, it's really worth picking up if you can. And, um, exclusive to the PlayStation four. So if you have one of those, definitely check it out. Yeah. Uh, if you're, if you're looking at it right now, um, it's going for still 50 bucks on, uh, on Amazon. Uh, but if you hunt around for a deal, you could probably find one. So that's our fifth place spot. Um uh, tie between Alto's Adventure Until Dawn and Ori in the Blind Forest. I feel pretty good about that actually. Like that's a that's an interesting three-way tie and I uh yeah. yeah. Great all game's, games all.
2: I have zero experience with Until Dawn but I'm super super into it.
0: Yeah, kind of interesting yeah. with that. Um, Alto's Adventure and Ori in the Blind Forest were the third place pick for one person on this show and nobody else put either of those on their list. That was, you know, those made it into our fifth place spot based solely on one vote each, um, until Dawn got a split where Shane and I both voted for it, but you know, a little lower down the list and it cumulatively ended up up there. Um, so our next game on the list, this would be our fourth, fourth place. place and I am I'm really glad this made the list. And frankly, I'm a little surprised it didn't make it higher. But that's my own biases. Uh, Her Story. Her Story is our fourth place game for 2015.
1: I had it on my list and I removed it because I haven't played it since we recorded. But I loved it.
0: Mm -hmm. longevity isn't something i always look for in a game like i I like a complete experience i like to really you know dive into a game experience everything that it possibly has to offer in a short amount of time and then be done and i actually count that towards a game to a game's credit most of the time but i totally see what you mean because you're right i've gone back to it zero times but i've thought about it a ton since then
1: yeah i think it just didn't at the time, it was a very intense experience, but it didn't hold me as long as I wanted it to. And some of the other games did. So, But I loved it. It was wonderful.
0: So weirdly enough, I put this at my number one spot. Um, this was my, like, this was, if we were doing personal lists, and we may just briefly, like, round through so you have some context later. But my personal top game of 2015 uh, her story i think it's the most important game of 2015 um it, it's a game that once i played it i instantly knew i wanted to cover it on this show i know that we all enjoyed it but interestingly enough i'm the only person that this made the top five so i want to hear like what what uh i know obviously everybody liked it why why did this not reach top five status for you guys um, i didn't play it <laughs> well that would what? do it you do- would- oh my god
2: jane <laughs> that's the easy answer Uh, You know, for me, um, and I also loved it, and I loved the discussion that came around from this game, Um, but, you know, it felt like a really cool experience, but not necessarily anywhere near what I would call the best game of 2015, and I know that's going to be, like, that weird, like, is uh, interactive fiction a game discussion, and I don't really mean to, like, bring that up, but, like, you know it just didn't feel enough to me to where I was like, that was a great game. Like Mm. I loved the experience that it gave me. And I would argue that it is a game. Like I don't have to have that. Um, You know, it doesn't need to be that hard a line in the sand. But like when I was making this list,
0: um, I wanted everything around it. You're right. It doesn't like if you're, if you're ranking based on gameplay, like based on the, Activity of playing the game or I don't know how you really put that it is a game where the entire interaction is in your head and typing commands into a uh, into an ancient computer. So it's it's mostly it's mostly a visual and auditory experience and gameplay such as it is 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 it's, it's in your head. Yeah.
2: And I mean, for what it's worth, my number one last year, which I was the only one who did this, was a dark room, Hmm. which is white text on or black text on a white screen. So I'm not that was my number two, yeah. yeah. Like I'm not saying I need it to be this like fully fleshed out, like graphics, sound, everything to be complete. But it's just like I thought it was a it's a super novel idea and a beautiful um, experience, but just not like my favorite game. You know, I like you. there's there's so many things that came out this year that made me think like deeply. Which a lot of the you'll my top games are all games that definitely made me think, um, while also giving me
0: um, a diverse experience. So that's why it's not on there for me. I think it's the most unique game on the list here though. So if you if you're looking for an experience that is just completely different from anything else you've ever played, um, give that a shot. Also I'd mention just if you're new to the show, um, that's one of my favorite episodes of the show because we actually had a nice detailed interview with the developer. Um, and uh, if you're interested in hearing that, uh, that is an entirely spoiler free discussion of the game with the developer. Uh, that all is you know, pre-spoiler break and then following that we go back and have a nice talk about all the spoilery details of the plot. So um, if you didn't hear that episode or you haven't played her story, go back and play it. It's amazing. And uh, then check out the episode or in reverse order, whatever you prefer. So our second and third place are a tie uh, with 10 points each. And that means that they appeared on everybody's list basically somewhere, um, but with varying amounts of points. And so this tie is, I think is a really interesting one because one of them is something that I completely expected, but one is one that I did not expect. So interchangeably, our second and third place uh, games of the year are Rocket League and The Magic Circle. Ooh. My top two picks. One, two, three. check those notes oh sorry that was
1: me yeah i had rocket league way up and i had magic circle um lower on the list but i refused to cut it (laughs) um
2: i could feel like i could talk forever about magic circle that is that is one of the coolest games we've done i have one thing i want to say about magic circle and i've been thinking about this for a long time and why i liked it so much and then we can talk about rocket league forever because i love rocket league too um there's a big trend, right, about games about games, right? We've mm-hmm. covered a ton yes. of them. We've done the Beginner's Guide. we did Several, Dr. this year alone. Yeah, we did Dr. Lenghiskov. Um, We did, uh, you know, like Stanley Parable is one of my favorite games of all time. But the thing that, like, a lot of those are lacking is um, something to actually do, like, other than just being, like, talked to by an, an interesting narrator or being, like... A British person, yes. yeah, Yeah, <laughs> being, like, forced through... Um, you know, dialogue or like interesting situations. Like the Beginner's Guide was a really cool game, but it really is just like you're kind of on rails being told this yeah, story. Yeah, a
0: lot of them are games about choice, Yeah, um, but they're not all games that really feel like you're playing.
2: Right, and the Magic Circle has a di- uh, a mechanic to it that is like brilliant. It's so much fun to walk around and... Uh, like, interact with the monsters of this world that you would find in the the other game and hack them and go in and steal their components. And, like, when we talked about the ending, uh, you know, everybody talks about how, like, the game has, like, multiple endings. Well, really, it's normally, like, five different paths to the same, like, two different endings. But, like, I know I killed the final boss with, like, an evil wave of, like, mushroom monsters that I had attached, uh, like, teleportation beams (laughs) and, like... You guys, everyone had their own individual story about how they killed the monster, like the final boss. And it was a really interesting thing about, like, what does it mean to be a player who owns, like, the rights to, uh, you know, like, the world once a piece has been created. Uh, it, it, it answered, it had, had really good questions while also providing truly fun mechanics. And that's why it's so much, it's so good. That is a great point.
0: I loved the game, and yet somehow it didn't quite make my top five. And I think it's because I voted for, or you know, I ranked a few games that were uh, were far enough down the list that they didn't make our our thing here. But it was a uh, that the Magic Circle was one of my favorite episodes we've done this year, and it was it was criminally under reported on. Like I did not see a lot of coverage for the game at all. I, I don't know how it did financially or anything like that, but the Magic Circle is one of those games that came out. And weeks after its release, I I saw an article about it. I think maybe like a full week after its release, at least. And the article was basically saying, hey, why is no one talking about this game? Like I heard about the game because it wasn't it was getting a criminally small amount of press. You know what? Thankfully, I am seeing it on a few Game of the Year lists. And I was a little surprised because like you, I had not heard that much about it. Yeah, it really flew under the radar. Where did you see it on the Game of the Year lists? Just showed up in the EV clubs. Oh, nice. I, I really enjoy going over these you know end of the year uh, lists from different organizations. Interestingly enough, my favorites over the last couple of years have been ones from non-gaming outlets like the New Yorker and Time Magazine because they seem to be a little bit more adventurous about what they put on. They're more willing to put on things like mobile games. Um, like Time Magazine put uh, 80 days on their uh, best of the year list last year and frankly, we should have. <laughs> Well, we hadn't. We didn't know. I was yeah. the only one who had who
1: knew anything about it last year.
0: Yeah, yeah. And you you weren't successful in uh, in uh, browbeating me into playing it in time. You should have been. I should listen to you more. I try. That was such a great game. That really, like, if if we went back and redid, like, what was the true game of the year of 2014? I don't know if we'd have changed our ranking, but i I suspect 80 Days would have at least been. It would have been a, a strong contender. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk about Rocket League for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Zoom, zoom, kaboom! So the only reason we haven't done an episode about Rocket League is what is there to say about Rocket League? It's so freaking great. But like, what do you say about it's it? It's car soccer. That's all you can say. Yeah, like how, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even know where to begin with an episode. I'll about say Rocket two League. things. I'll say three. Three things about it. Thing one, I'm not, not gonna. I'm not gonna number how many things I'm gonna say about it, because <laughs> I might not remember all three.
1: That's a good number one. What's number two?
0: <laughs> I'm gonna start again when I with my rant on Rocket League. Go for it. Rocket League does some things amazing. The first thing that it does amazing is that. It has that quick-play feel that, uh, where you and all your friends can just get on a team and get out there and get in a five-minute match and have a blast. The second thing that it does is that it is a game where physics and real-time connection really matter. So I've never played a game that did such a good job at having everybody careening and and smashing into each other and not have it feel like uh, I was really limited in what I could do. It really is about learning the physics of these crazy cars and smashing them into each other and bouncing the ball around and that's what really makes it amazing is that it feels so real and so sweet
1: Oh, it just feels so much fun to play. And I it was the first thing I downloaded when I got the PlayStation. I had it downloaded within like 10 minutes. And then I was calling or texting Shane and being like, hey, I see you're online. Let's play a game. <laughs> yes. We're gonna play Rocket League right now. I've never played before. I'm Laura,
0: I, I, you you got your PlayStation, what, this month, right? And, yeah. um, and this game made your game two. of the year list. So you've had the least time with this game, and yet it placed pretty highly for you. Like, what has your new game experience been with it?
1: I have been watching people play Rocket League. I've been watching live streamers play Rocket League since it came out. And it is a joy to watch people who are extremely good just fly through the air and hit balls that you never thought were possible. And they're not possible for me because I'm not good at Rocket League yet, but it is... The physics feels so clean. It feels fair. I know I'm bad for a reason, and I feel like I can get better. And when I get it right, it is the sweetest thing on the planet. It It is is. so sweet. The physics
0: are... Like, wrong in all the right ways. Like, the, the ball <laughs> d- the ball is the wrong way. You
1: could shoot bubbles out of your exhaust pipe. Like, uh, what's not to love? I know. And, yeah. you know,
0: everything about your car feels instantly responsive. Um, and, you know, it can jump three times its height and flip around in the air. And actually, like, my experience with it is that, yes, you see these people on Twitch and other places doing these insane things things that you could never do, things that compare to my Rocket League gameplay the way that, like, my pickup basketball game compares to, like, Michael Jordan's game. But... You've never played a pickup basketball game. (laughs) You got me. All right. But uh, (laughs) my NBA jam compares to Michael Jordan. There you go. But uh, even if you're not amazing at it, you can pick it up and almost immediately be doing things that just make you feel like a Rocket League god. Like, you can scoring the goal in God. this game feels amazing and they've continued to support the game with all sorts of cute and interesting little uh little additions that have been totally fair and not breaking of the game like they added the DeLorean from uh from Back to the Future which i instantly bought because of course i want to play as the DeLorean from Back to the Future
2: <laughs> there be, there may be no better feeling in this life than a Rocket League goal oh, especially man. If your car is in midair mm-hmm. when you have connected with the ball leading to that score. Ah,
1: so good. And, I think and, I and th-
2: score about one every five games. And that like one moment is enough to keep me going for the four where I am like scraping for points with uh, like the 10 points you get for clearing the ball.
0: Yeah. And this, this game – like, this is the reason that the PlayStation 4 has a share button. Like, every moment that you score some amazing goal in this game or somebody else scores some amazing goal and you feel like a tool, all of those moments, you want to share them. And that's that's what's been so great about the game for me is that, like, it, it's it's spawned a community um, that is unlike any other competitive gaming community thing that I've ever played. This is the game that I thought I hated online competitive games. Like, we've talked about this, guys. Like, I I don't like being owned by, like, cyborg teenagers uh, who, you know, sit at their computer all day and do nothing but frag noobs. I don't like being that noob. That's not my thing. I like playing single player games where I get to like reflect on the nature of life or whatever. But this game is so game. It is so much fun as a game, and it is so much fun to compete with strangers. Like it's it's so right on the on the mark. So, I am so glad that this made our top rank, and I would say this is a this is it's a fair split between this and the Magic Circle. Magic Circle is more of a short game game. But Rocket League is totally rad. It's in the spirit of the short game,
2: much like Alta's Adventure, a well-executed game that can be played in short bursts, but you want to never not be playing it.
0: Yes. If you have 10 minutes, this is the game to play.
1: And then you're not going to only play for 10 minutes. I
0: know, I know. Because you
1: have a problem. <laughs> and the problem's name is Rocket League.
0: Yep. Yeah. And actually, just on a, on a side note, I saw an an article with uh, some information from the developers about like how much money they've made on this. You know, interesting. Uh, I mean, we've been talking about the PlayStation version cause that's what we all play, but it's also out on PC and it's uh, eventually going to be coming out on other platforms. They announced it for the Xbox one, for example, um, uh, they have, they gave it away for free to all PlayStation plus members in the first month Which I think was genius because a game like this really lives or dies by having a a large base of players. And so they gave the game away to a bunch of people. And I'm sure that they got some money from that from Sony. But that started the ball rolling, uh, no pun intended. Pun intended, come on. And they have made like – how much money did they say they make? I'm going to Google it real quick because it was really impressive.
1: They made Star Wars money.
0: <laughs> no one makes star wars money
1: no one makes star wars money star wars money is fake money it's just piles like monopoly money
0: um rocket league has made 50 million dollars in revenue uh that's since almost its release. star wars money yeah that's crazy <laughs> money and that's that's from offering like little three dollar dlc cars in addition obviously to like the the steam version which costs 20 bucks but like I'd say probably a pretty significant amount of the player base of this game got the game for free and just liked it so much that they were willing to spend money on totally, like, meaningless uh, visual add-ons for the game, like the like the cool extra cars and stuff. I'm waiting for it to become an Olympic sport. I'm waiting for it to replace all... Uh... All jury trials. <laughs> God, I'm screwed. <laughs> like in
2: a uh, Lord of the Rings or I'm sorry, uh uh Game of Thrones, where you can uh demand a trial by
0: combat. Yes, I want exactly. To, uh, demand a trial by Rocket League. Precisely. And I guess that leads us to our final pick for twenty fifteen. And this is another one that um perhaps not hugely surprising, but I am surprised it ranked as high as it did. Um is this our this is our goatee this is the shorty goatee 2015 um and that is undertale Of course. <laughs> what, what other we game gave- have we ever done two episodes of? I know, I know. And in a way, I actually like ranked this down a little bit because I was like, I don't like. I put this second on my list because I was like,
1: Oh, you put it so far down. You buried I that. You I know. Buried I buried that. it.
0: I, I bumped it down a little bit on the list, not because it's not maybe the most fun I've had playing a video game this year, but but maybe just because it, it, it's it's inventive. It's very creative, but I I, I wanted to. I really wanted to highlight how incredibly cool I thought her story was, and also I didn't want to be a complete, uh, I I didn't want to be a complete, um, cliche.
1: You didn't want to be predictable. Yeah. That's okay. We were, the rest of us decided to be predictable for you because we kept talking about how much we loved it. Shane didn't.
0: Shane, Shane had a notoriously bad experience with this game, and actually, like, there's been an interesting sort of, um, uh, bounce back on this. I frankly do not understand the appeal of this game um, and I, I I continue to have my beliefs questioned because it's appearing on list after list of like not only game of the year but best game of all time oh no <laughs> yeah well that that, was, silly. Disagree like, that with... was that was ridiculous but also like doing the best game of all time is ridiculous particularly if it's the best game of all time why do it every year? Like, you know, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> if it's sense, a, if is it. the best game of all time, why a game that's so self self referential to other games? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The, the whole idea of this game winning game of uh, best game of all time was really just down to this having a, a really sudden and explosive fan base, people who were incredibly passionate about the game and wanted to sort of get the word out about it, and there being a venue for them to do that. And so, I, I don't think that that's necessarily like really that big of a problem because like the the game facts game of the year or like best game of all time um uh, poll of 2015 who gives a shit
1: i mean those are those people who are voting dark Knight the best movie of all time two months after it was released like you can't trust garbage people and garbage polls
0: right but Uh, but here's here's the thing shane you are not wrong here's the thing um uh, Shane is not alone in his assessment of this game. Shane did not enjoy the game. And it's not that he didn't give it a try. Like Shane started the game. I didn't call Shane garbage. No, no, All no. Right. And I'm not I'm not saying you did. I, I I am offended that you consider me a garbage
2: person. Reagan, please explain to me. Explain to me how Shane feels.
0: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um The Batman movies are pretty good. <laughs>
2: Guys, this happened when we talked about transistor on the last episode or the last last year. It was named, and then we spent the first like ten minutes saying like, "Well, this is why it's not." Let's talk about what's awesome about.
0: Tell me why this game is great. great, guys.
1: I will say that this game is the game I've recommended the most this year to the most diverse audience because. I've used it to make friends with dev bros at my office who want to know that I have legit skills and I'm like, oh, have you played Undertale? They never have. And huh. I get to recommend it to them and feel superior to Those them. dorks. Which is great.
0: <laughs> Nerds. You don't need anything to feel superior to dev bros.
1: That's true. Um, if anyone listening, hi. Thanks for listening. Hi, hey guys. Um, thanks, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. I love You're great, Spall. too. love my company. Um... I also will say that I've recommended it to people who don't play a lot of video games who don't have that back knowledge because they think it's too violent. I'm like, hey, Undertale. Um, there's just a lot of different paths you can choose in this game. And I think it's silly. And I don't get to play a lot of games that are heartfelt and silly. They're usually yeah. one or the other. And silly is almost always coupled with violence or cats. Yeah.
0: And this has dogs. so Which are enormously better. And yeah. like I I love this game with all my heart. I in I I so enjoyed it. I got attached to the characters. Um and I and like if you're out there and you're seeing the enormous upswell of like fandom for this game and that turns you off, you're not wrong. Like I get it. There's there's a sort there's a certain like this game suddenly has this enormous fandom that is kind of like the fandoms for a lot of other slightly more irritating things. And <laughs> It, it, it's 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 weird it's weird how suddenly reddit is full of Undertale memes and it's weird how like some of the people that I wouldn't really enjoy a conversation with all they want to talk about is Undertale it, it's it's weird and also like a lot of people that I really respect didn't dig it Shane you're rad and you totally get games you're like a game guy like I respect your game knowledge and you had a hard time getting through this and I I didn't, which is weird. Um, and like Gary Butterfield, he's friend of the show. He's been on a couple of times. If you listen to his show, Check It Out Comrade, they basically spent an hour shitting on this game. And I listened to it and I was like, they're not wrong. There are things about this game that aren't for everybody, but it's for almost everybody. And you have to at least, you owe it to yourself to at least give it a try. My opinion is that this is a game that you could put in front of basically anyone and they would find something to love in it. And maybe not absolutely everyone will get through it but it's it's just such a wonderful game like it's so good
2: and i like just to piggyback a little bit off of like one aspect of there the fandom i think is also birthed from the enormous care and compassion that was put into every single individual character yeah. in the game. And so there's a ton for people to like, if you don't like this one character, well, there's like 20 other ones that are all like uniquely either lovable or funny or mean, but in like a, like a, a way that you can kind of dig it. Like there's every single character in this game, including literally every single bad guy you fight which, whereas in like most games, it'd be like, "Oh, here comes another stupid skeleton," in this game, it's like, "Oh no, it's Washua." <laughs> I, I love, I love I, Washua. I love Washua and, too, and that's where the fandom comes from because like you care about th- this game has more characters that I've gotten into than like any other game I've ever played.
0: Yeah, if you've ever lost yourself in a cute cartoon or in a uh, in a great TV show this gives you that same kind of feeling where you get really invested in the characters. And I think that does sort of explain the fandom. And yeah, that can be a little irritating if you're the sort of person who finds that, like, Absolutely. well, that's, that's suddenly very popular and irritating. Like, Well,
1: I'll also say I opted out of the fandom. And <laughs> I mean, I love you're smart. the internet, but I've opted out of Reddit for my health. Um, and I think it's a good decision. And I will say that there is something that's a little bothersome about a game that requires you to play it multiple times or to get different endings and, or to get different experiences through the game to have a real, the real knowledge of what the game is. Um, and I will say that if I hadn't played with a little bit of a minor spoiler at the beginning, I wonder if I would have had quite the enjoyable experience. And it's a little bit, um, you know, when a game is so full of Easter eggs and little bits of discovery as this game is you also risk the chance that someone's going to just miss the parts that are quote the best parts of the game yeah and you don't want to have to play the game book so i understand that undertale might not be a short game for some people especially if they quote didn't play it right the first time Right, I know is not a real
0: term. I've totally seen some people who basically had that experience where they they came at this game and they played it in a way that meant it is possible to play this game in a way that you, that means that you miss out on some of the best stuff and have to start the game over. Which it's not a long game, but uh, you know it it can be it can be a problem, and. There's also a skill barrier on it. Um, I don't know why this is, but I've talked to some, like some people seem to have a really easy time with it. Other people like me sort of fall in the middle where it was really not a challenge, uh, but it was a fun sort of activity until the end where it suddenly got very, very challenging and I had to kind of cheat and look some stuff up. Um, And then there's other people who like just frankly found the entire activity of the combat system in this game, which makes up a lot of the gameplay, totally unenjoyable. And I don't know where you will fall on that spectrum necessarily. Um, but the game has so much to offer that I think everybody owes it to themselves to give it at least a shot. And it is only 10 bucks. We talked about it at great length on our two episodes. We did a uh, initial episode that was a spoiler-free entire Episode just talking about what we thought was cool about the game without spoiling anything and providing what I think are reasonable tips on how to approach the game if you're playing it for the first time that will give you the best possible experience. So if you're wanting to play it and not have to do an enormous amount of backtracking or replaying, go listen to that episode before you play it. Um, Also, it this game just to pile on like that.
2: It I think every aspect of it is good. Has maybe my favorite music from a game that we played this year. I consistently play
0: the soundtrack to this, like, all the time. The
2: the Papyrus song, the main Papyrus (laughs) song, is, like, never not stuck in my head. That song and the theme song to Parks and Rec are, like, the two (laughs) little, like, ditties that are never not running in my head.
0: I'll put a link in the show notes, but Slime Girls, the the musician – it is singular, uh, that created the intro song for the short game. Now, I, I'm putting that wrong. He didn't uh, create it for the short game. He created it <laughs> and then allowed us to use it for the short game. Thank you so much to Slime Girls, to Pedro. Um, but uh, he recently did a uh, a cover of Dating Start, Papyrus' theme, and it's the best thing ever. In fact, I'll drop it into this episode right now just for a second. So good. Oh.
2: a guy who does kazoo covers of video game music and he did one of the papyrus song and it's awesome too
0: that's more of the fandom thing people are so into this game that there are tons of covers of the soundtrack to this weird little ten dollar indie game youtube is crawling with them
2: yeah i don't really care about fandom stuff like i really truly don't but um i do like good music
0: so so that's our list, and. Um, Uh, Undertale is the short game Game of the Year 2015 Congratulations to Toby Fox And um, you'll be receiving your Incredibly weighty gold plaque uh, As soon as we have enough Fat podcast dollars to send it out And a commemorative tote bag Yeah, exactly and so I guess the last thing we might want to do before we wrap up our Game of the Year discussion would be talk about the things that everybody had on their lists that didn't make our top five and uh, that we kind of wish had. Everybody has their own individual uh, preferences. Maybe we should start with Shane. Uh, Shane, what what didn't make the list that you really wish had? Sure. I had several games that I picked that apparently no one else chose. Um the first is Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, which we've covered extensively on this show, and I'm kind of surprised that nobody else picked it for their list. Yeah, we never had a full episode on it.
1: We haven't.
0: But it has such gorgeous music, and it's such a great experiential yeah, game. It's it's just the sort of game that we, we enjoy for this show.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say we've covered it extensively, though. We, we haven't done a full episode on it, and I haven't played it, so...
0: I feel like we've only ever
2: mentioned that game a couple times. Yeah.
1: I think we should cover it, to be honest.
0: Yeah. The next game that I really wish that we had uh, that had managed to make it to the top of our list um, is a game I've been playing a ton of. It's Does Not Commute. Uh, Does Not Commute is a perfect game for pick up and play. And I think it's the perfect example of how to work uh, a good story or an intriguing characters and story into that kind of uh, grab-your-phone-for-ten-seconds style of gameplay. It's it, There was a lot of originality to it. It looked great. It played great. And it kept me laughing and kept me coming back for more. What a cool game. That's out on the Apple TV now, too. Um, it's glorious. Uh, do you think I ought to play it on my iPhone, or should I try the Apple TV version? I think, uh, I don't know. Do they have cross-play for Apple TV yet? Or is that, you, you'd still have to buy it in both places. They it, it can sync with iCloud. That particular game, you have to purchase it separately, so I don't know if it syncs your game across, but you have, it's two purchases. I would start off with it on the phone in my opinion. I, I think it is it is more of a phone game than a than a sit down and play game. Uh, it really it really shines in that experience of just sort of grab it and go.
1: I would be playing a lot more Does Not Commute if I wasn't standing up like a cattle car in the L. Uh, does Not Commute does require two hands, and it requires a little bit of forward planning. It's glorious, and I played a lot of it, but not as much as I wanted to.
0: Yes, it, it's a great game for that. Uh, the, the thing that I think makes it work, um, it's not like threes where you can play it totally one-handed, But it is a game where the action comes in these, like, discrete bursts. You launch a car, you guide it to the end of the track, and that's it. And uh, so it's easy to kind of, if you find the right moment, play a little bit and then, you know, shuffle your bags around or or fight someone for a seat. And then play a little bit and then repeat. I don't know why Um, I haven't played that yet. Yeah, you really ought to get it. Um, another mobile game that I think competes well for it really ought to be just sort of a tie is Downwell. Um, I know we've talked yes. about Downwell to the absolute limit of of kind of probably what the game deserves, but uh, there it is. <laughs> and then finally, finally another game that I think everyone on this ought to play. It has a lot of the same recommendations, in my opinion that I would give to something like Rocket League, which is to say it's a great multiplayer experience, and that is Helldivers. We did a whole episode on Helldivers, so I don't need to belabor my yes. points. I will say that the newest version of Helldivers, there's now a physical release that includes all of the DLC. I think that's the way to go. Um, uh, in our episode on Helldivers, I was I was saying how I thought they had uh, done pretty well on, on the DLC and, and had made it feel not so exploitative um and i'm here to update that and say that i feel like they really did continue to milk it a little bit a little bit past <laughs> where they really ought to have so uh fool me once shame on you guys anyway if you if you are interested though it is still a fabulous a multiplayer experience um and we've covered it in such great depth that i don't think i need to go on too much
2: yeah shane um I actually had
0: Hell Divers on my top five list. Oh, you did! Uh, I think. I oh, the- but it didn't make it yes. into our, our overall list. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, Helldivers Hell Divers ended up uh, with Hell Divers ended up with two points, which uh, put it equal with some other interesting games uh, like Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Yeah, I was a big fan of Hell Divers, and I got
2: it. <laughs> this is a weird thing where I got into that game. Because of listening to that episode of uh, the short game. You know, when I'm not on the show, I still listen to it. And uh, Molly and I are always looking for good uh, games to play together. Um, I love couch co-op. One of my favorite things in video games is playing with people beside you. Uh, and this game has the best of both worlds because you can do couch co-op and the online co-op, which I would say online co-op is virtually non-existent. Uh And it actually works in this game. Uh, So listen to the episode that Shane and Reagan did. Um, The other games that I have on my list. So three of the five that I voted for didn't make it into the actual uh, voting or make it into the top five. So I had uh, my number three overall. I cannot believe that this wasn't in the list. I
0: really thought. Oh, my God. I totally just realized I screwed up the numbers. You're right. Oh my god. So so we said that Alto's adventure, Until Dawn and Ori in the Blind Forest were tied for fifth place with a three-way tie. Yes. It was a yeah. four-way tie. It was a four-way oh tie my god. for that fifth place. That makes spot. so much more sense. It
2: does. Life is strange. Yeah. We spent so much time and like effort on this game. Not only just the episodes, but like I felt the emotional investment in this game. Uh this is the best like pure you know, story driven game that I think that we've ever done. And I could not believe that uh
0: it didn't make well, I guess it is in the top five, so yeah. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, but there we go. It's in our top five. I've amended the list. <laughs> nice. <laughs> It'll be in the show notes.
2: Like Life is Strange definitely has some flaws, which we and they even self reference referential with like the bottles and all that. Like I'm not saying it's by anywhere, you know, like my favorite game, but it was a fantastic game.
0: It was, uh, and, yeah. And we have three episodes of the show on that one. <laughs> it, it's a pretty um, incredible game. Um, I, I, I want more from that developer in that same style. Like they, uh, they, they the game they did before that. Remember me? I, I don't know. Do we? No one remembers that game. And not to make a pun there. And uh, and yet, life is strange has showed up on so many best of the year lists and. Like it's not a uniformly wonderful experience, but there are moments from that game that I've never seen before in a video game. Like, yeah. real emotional moments that you you don't see in video games. The place exactly. where you got to pick what you got to eat, <laughs> dude, bacon and eggs every time.
1: Pancakes, um,
0: waffles, Laura, not again. All right, we have to talk about this after the show, guys.
2: And and my last game that I put points toward that uh, this game got in my head more so than any game or more so than I expected it uh, by far because I don't even generally like these games it's You Must Build a Boat yes yes
0: guys that one that one ended up on two uh, best of lists i think laura put that on hers as well
1: i thematically had grouped um all the ios games that i play all the time on as runners up and then mm-hmm. i thought that's completely unfair you must pull the boat especially with a new update they just put out it's good really deserves to be in the top five
2: it's such a good game and like i said i don't even care about match three games like kind and I know it's it's different because it's like an action match 3, but I just don't generally like play those games. I got hooked on this game and I pretty much like didn't do anything but play this game <laughs> until I I beat it like entirely and then started you they have like a system where you can like start it all over in a game that is like purely repetition already. just start it all over and just keep <laughs> playing over and over and over. It's so good and again, the music is great. I was expecting, when I started playing this game, I was thinking it, it's like an iOS game, right? I'll play it for a couple hours. I'll probably beat it or not. I won't care. It's done. I think it took me like 10 and a half hours to beat this game. And it's like it's like a dollar iOS game. It's so good. Everything it about it.
0: Did you guys see the update that came out for it yeah. just recently? Uh, yeah, the They've Daily They've added some challenges. amazing stuff. Daily yeah. Challenges, a la like Spelunky and some of these other types of uh, games that offer like a Daily Challenge mode. Such a smart inclusion for a game that... Like you know, it has these short play sessions that are you know easy pick up and play, and yet has this sort of like long term uh, sort of campaign mode to it as well. Adding those daily challenges in really adds some new life to the game if you've already beaten it.
2: It's just, it's it's a game that um, is simple, but is perfect in its execution. Uh, I just loved every bit about it. And I would actually, the main theme song is really, really good. Just like the main You Must Build a Boat song. So So some Sometimes I would just open up the app and just like set down my phone uh, just to listen to the song. And I know it's silly because I could probably find it on like YouTube or whatever. But like, I would just leave the game running just to listen to the music.
0: Yeah. So good. Yeah, that's another one that ended up in our, so if we're doing our rankings, that is in sixth place along with Helldivers. Uh, Along with everybody's gone to the rapture and with one of the games that uh, apparently I was the only person to put on their list and that's axiom verge Now I know that's probably because I think I'm the only person who's completed the game uh, out of out of all four of us, Um, but we talked about it a little bit on the Ori and the blind forest episode I put that on my list. pretty much knowing that I was going to be the only person to put it on my list, but I wanted, I wanted to place it on our short games of 2015. It's a little long. It's like 13 hours maybe. So if you're wanting a really short game, it's not the one to go with. But, um, Axiom Verge was an early, a early lead, uh, in this year's sort of game of the year for me personally. Like I had so much fun with the game. It did things that I thought were totally inventive and new. Um, And that rounds out all of the sixth place games. And I also think we've talked about all of our fifth place games and our uh, seventh place game, which means that we've now talked about all of the games that we actually placed on our top five lists this year. Did anybody have any runners up, strong runners up, that didn't make your top five game of the year, but that you want to briefly call out?
1: I will say that uh, The Executive, which I don't know if you guys have played. I still
0: haven't, it's on my um, phone.
1: It is a uh, fighting game where basically werewolves are invading your office, and you will swipe them to death. Um, but it's more than that. There's really crazy um, powers, like there's wear everything, wear cheetahs, wear witches, wear you know rhinos, every single variant <laughs> of wear anything you want. Um, and also, it has a weird resource management emphasis on management piece where you're actually upgrading your office and you know hiring assistants and stuff like that um really odd combo of genres but it's funny and it's exciting and the kind of endless movement of the game is incredibly addictive I beat the game and only by the skin of my teeth I don't think I would have I, I should I'm too bad at the game to have beaten it unless I was horribly addicted
0: I had one game that sort of fell into my runners-up category. Um, you know, Until Dawn and Life is Strange both fell just below my top five, which is why um, uh, they uh, they didn't get a little higher in the overall rankings. Um, but the other game that fell just below my top five is one that we're actually going to be covering next week, and um, we may just squeak it out in 2015, or maybe this will be an early 2016 episode. I think it's probably going to be like the first week of 2016, and that's Mushroom 11. Um, this is a game that was recommended by a listener, and I don't have the email in front of me, but I'll make sure to, to thank you on the episode if I can find your, your message. And, um, It's not one that got a lot of coverage this year, but it's one of the most inventive platformers uh, I've played. And we didn't really have any platformers on our lists this year, which was really surprising. I know we all really like... Oh, duh, excuse me. Ori. Ori did make our list. Axiom Verge. Well, Axiom Verge didn't really, really make the list. But um, uh, like straight puzzle platformer, this is the one from 2016. Um, It's a... uh, It's a really, really inventive game. It's entirely mouse driven. Like you'd think with a platformer, you're going to be, you know, using a D-pad and a jump button, but no, in Mushroom 11, if you haven't seen it, um, you're playing as a giant blob, but it's actually a very rigid blob of goo. Like you can destroy any part of the blob of goo and it will grow back in a new direction, but you don't control the direction. So you're pretty much just sort of killing or erasing parts of the blob of goo and trying to sort of encourage it bonsai tree style to grow in the directions that you want it's really clever it hasn't overstayed its welcome Uh, it's a it's a really really short game it's got seven levels i think and um it's totally new in terms of controls like it's it doesn't control like anything else that i've played and um every puzzle in it is a little bit a little bit of a, aha, wow, that's cool. I would never have thought of that. So it's a totally great game. It's out on Steam for Mac and Windows and I suppose probably Linux too, I think. Um, so if you haven't picked that up, check it out. It's it's definitely a close runner up for my game of the year list uh, and probably the best puzzle platformer of 2015.
2: I know that I've started playing it, but only for about a half an hour. Very intrigued by it. I just have not uh, given it the time yet looks like a pretty awesome game
0: well meet us back here next week and we'll chat all <laughs> about it and uh, that's our list before we wrap up 2015 before we put a bow on the year and uh, and call it done what's your what's your most anticipated game for 2016 I'm really looking forward to some stuff
2: well I know that dishonored 2 is coming out next year and that edges into the range of what we talk about on this show um but regardless i'm super excited about that game the first dishonored is
0: beautiful oh man yeah we've talked about doing that on the show several times and we've always kind of come down on the side of uh it's not really a short game but it's so good you mean original dishonored it's it's short enough for our show it's shorter than some games we've done it's just well, barely yeah
2: it's in the same world as like um like Tomb Raider, where, like, if you just kind of like blow through it, it's like 12 hours or so, um, which is right around the range. Like, that's a little bit higher for our show. But if you want to take your time with it, um, which obviously we all would recommend, it's more like 15 or more hours, which I know we don't like to have a hard cap on out. Hour- like, that's not really what our show's about. But once we get to that high, it starts to feel a little too long
0: for what we. Yeah. What we're doing. If you loved Dishonored and you want like a really, really great podcast about it, um, watch out for Fireballs over on the duckfeed.tv network did an episode on Dishonored, which is weird because it's not a retro game, uh, but they kind of were flexing on that one. And uh, they basically go step by step through what I think is one of the best levels in all of video games, and that's the party level, the lady, whatever her name is, party uh, in Dishonored. Oh my gosh, yes! They sort of step through every beat of that. I didn't know about amazing this episode, rushing to download right now. Oh, it's so good, and so it, it's a it's a wonderful show. The part of the only reason that I have um, uh, that I haven't pushed for us to do an episode on Dishonored is partly just because I heard that episode and was like, eh. This, this gap has been filled. Go listen to that. I would say my most anticipated game for next year is Firewatch. Heck yeah. Yeah, Firewatch. Um, I'll, all I've seen for it are trailers. So I could be totally wrong, but this looks like a game that's going to be right up our alley. It looks like, uh, looks like that kind of exploration type of game with, with the kind of, you know, storytelling style that we like. It looks gorgeous visually, and the characters seem like they're going to be really good. So, I mean, what's not to like? It seems really mysterious. I really want to play it. Same, yeah. I actually played about the first 15 or 20 minutes of the game at PlayStation Experience, and um, it it is all of those things.
1: Awesome. Things I'm most excited are, are Day of the Tentacle Remastered is coming out next year, mm. um, which I've never played. Yeah, and I'm yeah. very excited about it. Oh my playing. gosh, I
0: haven't played that game since I was a little kid. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, and also um, the guys who did Limbo have been playing, building their game inside for five years. And it's finally coming out. The website still says it's being released late 2015. So I guess they could drop it next week. But I'm going to say it's going to come out next year. Just hazarding a guess.
0: We, we can only hope.
2: Whoa, is that a scoop? Is that a, hot, <laughs> is that a scoop from Laura? you am here it's to hear scoop first.
1: scoop that someone whose website hasn't been updated since the beginning of the year that says their game's coming out in 2015 probably isn't going to release it next week.
0: The hot take.
1: Hot take.
0: Well, I'm really looking forward to 2015. I mean, ugh. 2016. God, are we really that old? Are we slipping into the future? 2020 is just around the corner, and I know that's the year. We're not dadding like, this again. And that's almost 2030. Yeah. So, like, yeah so just looking back, this was a good year. Next year is going to be a good year. Is it ever not going to be a good year again? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's been a lot of real like uh, concern about indie games. Are indie games uh, financially in trouble as a, as a thing. Like we're, we're in the middle or maybe even the end of a, of a renaissance of indie games. I hope or that, the beginning. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe. But, uh, there's a lot of hand wringing. I, I wonder if, uh, if next year will be better than the last, um, as I don't know, man As as like
2: the guy who made undertale that was all made in RPG maker. Like as tools become more accessible as they are rapidly, uh, I have a hard time imagining that indie game development is going to slow. It's a wonderful
0: time to be playing video games. Exactly. Well, I guess thank you to our listeners for joining us uh, <laughs> through all of 2015. It's really been a lot of fun to do this show and to to share stuff with you guys. Uh, we really enjoy when you uh, write in with your comments or your suggestions. Mm-hmm. Um, So thank you so much for joining us. Actually, on that note, we did have a listener uh, write
2: in. Um, It's actually a friend of mine who also listens to the show uh, said that their two games of 2015, this is Corey, uh, was Rocket League and Yoshi's Woolly World. Did anyone play Yoshi's Woolly World?
0: No, it's been on my list. No, keep. I keep uh, putting off playing any new, buying any new Wii U games until I finish Captain Toad, which was another game that I wanted to cover on this show because it was so great, but never got around to.
2: Well, I got a Wii U. Let's do it sometime.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. We'll, we'll do a double feature, Captain Toad and uh, Yoshi's Woolly World. So it's been an amazing year. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, you can find our show on the web at www.theshortgame.net. You can also follow us on Twitter at underscore short game. The best thing you can do for this show is to go on iTunes and leave a review. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we're not joking. That is just one of those things that podcasts need. And, uh, and it really helps other people find the show. It's more than just iTunes that uses that database. Um, so if you go to iTunes and search for The Short Game, you will find us among the podcasts and you can leave us a glowing review and we will eternally appreciate that service. Um, you can also leave us feedback through our website where we've got a sort of a feedback form or you can write to info at the and, uh And I have been your host all year long. I'm Reagan Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at reagank. K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N k uh laura where can people find you
1: you can also find me on twitter at laura j nash
0: and nate where can people find you at nate stl and shane same deal at 8-bit shane and uh thank you guys once again for joining us in all of 2015 on the short game and see you next year